Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your boy Leo Flowers. How are you doing? The holidays are right around the corner. Today is December 10th. I think this is episode like 109 or 110. We're somewhere. We're we up in the hundreds right now, and that's all because of you, the listeners, and uh, and and, and uh, members of the tribe who continue to support and share and uh, I see new reviews on iTunes, so uh, grateful and thankful for that. And uh, uh, all the five stars and, and the comments that really helps the podcast grow, and it helps to really get the message out. Um, you know, like I said, David Goggins is, is out there trying to take souls, and here, we're here saving souls. So thank you all for that. Happy holidays. Happy post-Thanksgiving. Uh, we have a great we have a great episode for you today, and uh, really pertinent to this time of year, where uh, people and families are, uh, you know, spending so much money financially tapped out, and and then you know after the holidays, the the, the reality of what you've done is set in. Um, but I have Karan Finlayson on the episode and I'm excited to have him on as a guest because uh, he talks about how him and his family were evicted. And when I say family, I'm talking about him, his wife and his children. When you find out how many kids he has and how many times he's been evicted, it's going to blow your mind. And the fact that um, they were able to make it through and survive through all that. And you're also going to hear about how small the world is because I've, I hadn't met Karan until the until we recorded the podcast episode, and then it, and he lives on the other side of the country, and uh, it turns out that a very good friend of mine uh, helped him out, and so we're gonna we'll hear more about that, but um but but Karan's message is one of of being in financial despair, financial ruins, and. Finding a way back, finding a way through with his wife and children intact. Uh, we also talk about how to, uh, the, the blood type diet, we get a little bit into nutrition and, um, and how your name uh, can help you really connect with people in the world uh, around you. So there's, there's so much in this episode. It's really powerful. It was great to sit down with his brother and hear his life story. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we start off, um, you know, just kind of talking as, as like two old friends. And then about 10 minutes in, we really get into uh, the message of it. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, this, not this weekend, but for, for those of you who also are comedy fans, I'll be at the American Comedy Company December 19th through the 21st with Jessime Peluso. Very funny. You're going to love the, the show's going to be incredible. We'll be in San Diego. And then uh, I'll be in uh, I'll, for New Year's Eve week, December 30th through January 5th, I'll be at the uh, the Comedy Cellar. So... And if you if you miss me then, then January twentieth through the the twenty sixth, I'll be back at the Comedy Cellar. So there's opportunities uh, to see me live, and 
you know, I talk about mental health in my stand-up. It's not compl- all just that, but uh, but we definitely uh, uh, met, touch on it and, and bring it up, and it's uh, it's a strong part of the of the act. Um, is there anything else? Uh, continue to like and subscribe. Go to my website, leoflowers.com. If, uh, uh, if you need life coaching, if you want one-on-one coaching, if you're, if you're going through a few things and you feel like the people that you've reached out to have not been able to connect with you or not hearing you um, or, or not benefiting you and you want to grow and you want to learn and you want to break out your rut and you want to come into uh, 2020, I don't know why I call it 2020, if you want to go into 2020 uh, with a strong sense of purpose and meaning and uh, overcoming uh, your struggles, then go to my website and book a session. Uh, spaces are limited. I only take a few clients at a time because I really want you to get the maximum uh, benefit. I want to give you uh, maximum attention. And so go to leoflowers.com and, uh, and, and sign up and, and then let's get to work. Let's get to, let's get to that real deep work. Let's get the shovel. Let's get the little headlamp and let's see what happens. With that said, Let's jump into the episode. Uh, on today's episode of Before You Kill Yourself with Leo Flowers, with my man Karan. Uh, it's not spelt like Karando, it's Q U R O N. Right. right. Now, are your parents religious? Where, like, where did you get that name from? Uh, actually, it's a funny, funny story. Um, oh, this mother be funny. Uh, actually had a best friend. And her best friend that growing up in New York, um, uh, her she named her son Karan. Uh, so the lady was naturally Muslim, and right. she named her son Karan. My mom was like, I like that name. So she took the name of the lady's son and said, I'm going to name my son Karan as well. And she took the spelling and it just made it a little bit different. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, that it's always, I'm always fascinated by people's uh, name origin. Right. And some people don't even know how they like how how could right. you not ask, yeah, or not know how what you were named after? Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's actually a little bit more to the story, Uh-oh. but I, you know, being politically correct, I can't get into that. Okay, but uh, it, it's it, you're free it to curse if you want to. Is there's, there's uh, okay? No, there's no, you know, uh, the dude happened to be um, handicapped. Got you. And she named me after the handicapped dude, so it was like a big thing in the family like why would you name him right you know, and back then it was like you know why would you do that but you know the story of my life <laughs> but I, I love my name my name has taken me a lot of places actually how so uh it it actually made me more articulate and being able to talk to people at a young age because they're like what does that mean i have to explain a lot of times and i've had to articulate what what, what you know why why did you, what happened? How did you get this name? Actually made me learn more about the Muslim religion because I did not grow up Muslim. Uh, Where did so you grow up? I grew up Jehovah Witness, actually. Wow. Actually, Jehovah Witness Christian. My mom was Jehovah Witness. And, um, and t- that made me more um, 
apt to learn about other religions, how people think, how they move, why do they do the things that they do. So I kind of understand a lot of different religious beliefs yeah. and why people move the way they move. All this stemming because my name is Quran. Now, having studied other religions and growing up uh, a Jehovah Witness, mm-hmm. ha- are you still a Jehovah Witness, or did it? Or are you spirit? Like, how has that affected you now spiritually? Um, I, growing up Jehovah Witness, I took a lot of the qualities and the mor- morals from it, right? But it wasn't fitting to me, you know. So you could say I was, you know, I kind of left the religion, or I was kicked out. You could say that. Um, kicked out like there was like uh like you you can't come back in like what does that mean come back that in. sounds uh, aggressive <laughs> it does sound aggressive it's not as aggressive as you think but it's certain things that you they're very um how do i say it's not like you can go sin and then go do hail marys and be forgiven and pray if they find out that you've done something outside of religion, for me, it was uh, sex. You know, if they find out that you've done something like that outside of marriage, then they can, you know, have a choice to kick you out. If you're not repentant enough, they can discipline you in the, by kicking you out or just kind of having you on what they call reproof. Uh, and, the, you know, it's, it's like a suspension, like, sus- uh, like something like a suspension. Yeah, you can whoa, say that. You, I, I, oh, I, when you say repenting enough, like, like what you got, what you got to do, like, what do they want you to do to repent? They want you. They want to see how remorseful you are about what you did. You have to wait until you're actually married before you actually do anything intimate. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure they they uh, they're kicking out a lot of people then. Cause hey, it, ain't no it, telling nowadays. The, the numbers got it. The numbers got to be low. <laughs> ain't no telling nowadays. It's 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 different. It's a different living space, but uh, not to knock anything on them. Right, right, right. It just um, wasn't my mom happens to be still in the, a lot of my some of my family, not a lot. Some of my family happens to still be in the religion. Right. I took a lot away morally and disciplinary from it. Meaning what? Um. I mean, they teach you to just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, basically they follow the Bible to that extent. Not to the extent of where they're going to stone you, right, you know, right, or right, something like right, that. Right. But they take it to the extent, okay, you need to do the right thing morally here, right. you know. And it, it, I took a lot away from that. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's there's something powerful about being held accountable to a group or a community mm-hmm. or a religion. Um, I, I, I so you know, especially like as as a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, accountability is the main thing that a, a right. lot of my clients need, right? In terms of food and and right. having somebody check up on them and what did you, you almost? It's almost like you feel like a parent a little bit. What did you eat today? Right. How'd you sleep? Right. You know, um, how are you managing your stress levels? Things like right. that to have somebody check in and 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 know that you have to check in, right? Uh, and have to process why you did what you did. There, there's definitely value in that. You right, know? right. You, um, so you're from New York? I grew up in, you grew uh, up in New York. Strange story. Uh, I have a lot of strange stories. Um, actually, I was born in the state of Georgia. Okay? At the time, my mom had moved from New York to the South. She met my father. They conceived me. I was born in Georgia. We immediately moved 
after that to Germany because my father was in the army. Wow. So I spent my first five, six years in Germany. Uh, I went. I actually went to school there in my elementary years a little bit. You speak German? No German. Haagen Dazs. That's it. That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> and that's all. That's I all, eat. That's that's all, all you need right there. <laughs> Come on, the butter pecan. <laughs> Yo, I... there's nothing else. There is Hold nothing up. else. Hold huh? up. They stepped the game up though, and this, this almost got your boy in trouble. Now they got. Uh, uh, I think it's called praline bourbon pecan. Yeah, like they put they put out they, now they're making it with alcohol. Really? And they don't they don't run it year round, uh-huh. and I don't really drink alcohol. Okay, but there is something uh, uh, appetizing about uh, alcohol and like rum and raisin ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. Rum raisin. Uh, yeah, I've dogs. had it. Yeah, I've had it. Yeah. Listen, there is nothing else. That's all. My mom used to buy the strawberry yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I grew up on just Haagen Dazs. So I have this uh, Haagen Dazs uh, thing. That's you my you, I mean, like you got like a collection. You got all the like people have wine bottles. You I put got... it to you this way. That's all I buy as far as ice cream is concerned. Yeah. And I, it's in the fridge. And between my family, everybody knows not to touch the Haagen Dazs. Right. They can touch anything else. Anything else. Don't. Don't touch the Haagen Dazs. Now, what about your wife, though? Cause... No, no she, she's banned from that, too. But what does she eat then? Is she a Haagen Dazs fan? Or uh, she, my wife just likes sweets, period. Okay. She's a sweets person, okay. but, you know, it, it, she's not going to touch my Haagen Dazs. All right. Yeah. So well, now, you know, I, <coughs> I realize there's like there's different sweet tooths, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I have a sweet tooth, but it's ice cream and uh, like cakes, cookies, right. pastries. Never been candy. Right. I, I have there's nothing about M and M's or licorice, right. like I, I that's is that the same with you or you have I don't really or your eat wife. sweets. Okay, my wife eats a lot of sweets. Haagen Dazs is my one vice. I Got used you. to you know I you know grown yeah. into this thing right here, but I used to work out a lot and that, that was my one vice. So I don't really eat sweets like that. Yeah. I don't eat chocolate. It's not a big thing. Every once in a while, I love Kit Kats. <laughs> Kit Kats. That's, that's about fu- it. Yo, but, every now and again, yeah. I, I will grab a yeah. Kit Kats. What's your blood type? That I'm still trying to figure out. We and my wife uh, are talking about that. Why? Yeah. Why did y'all get, get into that? Um, she found out her blood type was O, mm-hmm. and it's a special type of blood type. So she's into looking at the dietary things that you can eat with your blood type. Yeah, there's an app. Yeah. I do that. That's all I do. Yeah, she does that. And yeah. uh, she started to wean certain things out. It's obviously certain things that she still loves. But in this, you know, trying to help her blood type be healthy with what she's allowed to eat. Wow. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, the blood type diet is, uh, and I, sh- I should have put that book up here. Mm-hmm. But the blood type diet has been a game changer. There were foods. I used to make this green smoothie in the morning. Here's what okay. sold me on it. And I would notice like a half hour later. I feel real lethargic, real right. tired. And I was like, it doesn't make sense. I'm putting all the, the green things, right. you know, the kale, the spinach. I got seeds. I got all yeah. the things. And, uh, and then that blood type book was saying how um, pumpkin seeds, I'm blood type B, right. make you feel lethargic. So I took, the, right. I, took, I took the pumpkin seeds out, no more problem. Wow. wow. So okay. it's not 100%, uh-huh. but... It has helped me eliminate some foods that were causing me problems. I can't eat lentils. That was jacking up my stomach. Really? Chicken. Okay. Um, 
It says I can eat eggs, but eggs, uh, we don't agree. It, yeah. So. It took me a long time to even like eggs. I didn't start what? really eating eggs until it's like 22, 23. And let me tell you how I got sold on eggs. I guess it was a drunken night on the East Coast and uh, Waffle House is all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Went to Waffle House and they gave me scrambled eggs with cheese. And ever since then, I was like, okay. So what you try to tell me, you ain't never had scrambled eggs? Who, who was I your never... parent? Who was raising you? <laughs> Who was raising me? I was just a really picky eater. What? A really picky eater. Oh, y'all must have had money. Because when I hear people say they're a picky eater, that means because when you ain't got money, you you picking what's in the refrigerator. You could be a picky eater and just have noodles and hot dogs. No, man. Yeah. I was just not a hungry eater. Hey, everything's up for grabs. That's probably what happened. Right. Yeah, 3 a.m.? That's probably what happened, yeah. Quran, the, uh-huh. the reason, the main reason why I want to have you on this podcast, man, okay. is uh, I listened to your story. Okay. It's such a powerful story about uh, overcoming major obstacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ain't got to lean forward. We ain't got to get, you know, this ain't. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is my listen. Uh, um, this is my listen mode. What, when, I, when, I, when I listen to your story about. You and your wife. How long you guys been married? We've been married 12 years as of July. As of July. Congratulations on the 12 years. Thank you. And how you and your wife had, you you had a home and then you've been evicted. How many times would you say you've been evicted? Uh, Oof. Probably like six, seven times. You've been evicted six or seven times. Mm -hmm. Um. And when I when I look at the number of suicides out there, a lot of a lot of suicides are wrapped around financial stress, mm-hmm. financial burden, financial debt, and there are just so many people who feel like they can't get out of that. You've been evicted six or seven times mm-hmm. with your wife, with right, wife. not not just you, like and it's hard kids. enough. How, what? How many kids? We have three children. Three children. Mm-hmm. Six or seven times. Three children. Mm-hmm. How old is the oldest? The oldest is now 21. Yeah. And how old is the youngest? The youngest is 12 years old. 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I, Man, just me, I got money. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not rich. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable. Right. My girl got money. Right. And me and her got problems. Right. <laughs> Y'all got evicted six, seven times with three kids. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Can you can you take us to the beginning okay. of what led into that? Uh, I met my wife uh, back in North Carolina. Okay, okay. We didn't get to that part yet, but uh, I was in North Carolina. I was working for uh, Bank of America. That's where I met her at. Uh, we decided it was a time for a change. And to get out of North Carolina. We just wanted something better and bigger. I had been there for a while. Uh, I worked at Bank of America for a number of years. And uh, when she was able to transfer her job out here. Okay. So when she transferred her job out here, uh, we came out here. uh, We sold everything that we had. Everything that we had. Just to start fresh. Get away from certain people. Do something new. 
And uh, it was a great adventure uh, that we still need to tell that whole story. It's a lot more to the story, but we still need to tell that whole story. But when we came out here, sold everything, I got a friend. He's a comedian. He lives out here. Um, he had a one-bedroom apartment. He said, you can come crash here until you find you a spot. Who, who is his name? His name is Maranzio Vance. That's my guy. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, I just talked to him yesterday. Yeah, just wow. matter of fact. Yeah, and we was just telling this story yesterday um, to a lot of people. Uh, so we stayed in his one-bedroom apartment. He's traveling back and forth to New York. And uh, we stayed there for 28 days. 28 days in that one-bedroom apartment with my little small infant baby, two girls. Um, and we stayed in there. And then I was just looking all over for an apartment and a job and everything like that. And I had the kids with me because I wasn't working. She was the one working. Yeah. Uh, so I had to drop her off at work downtown L.A. because she was working for Bank of America Corporate. So the hunt was on. We was looking for an apartment. We finally found an apartment in North Hollywood. Okay. North Hollywood, at the time, the rent was expensive to us, but cheap. But wish we can go back to that now. <laughs> I never forget. It was probably a, like a little over fourteen hundred dollars for the rent. Right. Okay. Um, so we found that apartment. Um, once we found that apartment, we moved into there. We started finding furniture. It was an adventure. Just trying to just start. It's like a fresh start. And I I like to tell people all the time: don't just live in a box. It was one of the best things that we ever did. But it, circumstances after that kind of changed after we got that apartment. So lived in this apartment for about 10, 11 months. We did not get evicted from that apartment. What happened was we had slumlords. So in this particular case, they had they were doing stuff. That, uh, we, our apartment got flooded. It was a huge rain in North Hollywood. I can only remember three, maybe four rains that were that hard in um, California since I've been here. This happened to be one of them, and it locked our lights out and everything. So they had to come and cut out the wall. It was like a small square piece of wall. The hole was big enough for my son to crawl in, and they never came back to fix it. So we're telling them, hey, can you fix it? We got this water flooding out of here and everything. I go knock on the um, the apartment manager's door, and he hands me a shot back. Like, oh, okay, here you go. And then he closes the door and keeps it moving. So that turned into a big thing. We actually ended up in court over that because we're like, yo, what are you doing? How is this happening? Is this the California way? <laughs> and um, long story short, they gave us a settlement to move out of the apartment and say, okay, you know, they we were wrong for this and everything. The judge ruled in our favor. Matter of fact, my wife is great with law. This is how she got into studying law and got her paralegals degree because she created a file this big just against that apartment on her own. She's just that smart. With Exhibit A, Exhibit B, she's just that smart. And uh, we kept that file. I think we still have it at the house. But the judge looked at that and was like, okay, what do you guys got? Because she has everything. And they didn't have anything. And he was like, okay, cool. So that was one of our first experience when we moved out here. Um, can, I, can I cut you off for a second? 
the fact that Marangio Vance let you stay at his place, mm-hmm. the reason why it's so shocking, because people don't know Marangio, but most people who met Marangio, he's, 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 he could be a caustic for some people. He's, he's just, he's so, he, you know, he's so opinionated. Yes. And, right? Still and, to this day. And, and, you, <laughs> and you would think that he's, he's a bad guy. Right. But I've heard so many great stories about Maranzio mm-hmm. Vance. He's and, and a bit to me, he's been a great guy. But when it's the people who really take the chance to get to know him, you find out, man, this guy has a heart of gold. So that's what's powerful about it. He's a good guy. Me and Maranzio actually went to school together. Wow. In North Carolina. Okay. Uh, wow. This is how I know him. As a matter of fact, he moved out to California. Me and him we're supposed to come out to California together. But that's another long story, um, an experience. But I was supposed to transfer my job out here, and they wouldn't transfer me out here. And he moved out here alone, and me and him communicated on a daily. And he knows the stuff that we did. I can't say that. Uh, But it's just like, okay, me and him always were looking out for each other. Right on, And so when I came out here, he looked out for my family, and he let us stay there, and um, good guy, yeah, good guy. Still very opinionated. Very, still yeah, got a yeah. lot to say. He still got a lot. But to say. you know, um, I can call him to this day. He'll be like, you know him. He got you. What's wrong, man? Yeah. What's going on? He's just <laughs> that's just him. <laughs> so uh-huh. your wife comes in. She got the files. You guys get the settlement, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and so so then of course you guys move. Yeah, we're looking for another apartment. We're looking for another apartment. And, and then, the second place we land in California, it was North Hollywood first, then we land in um, Santa Clarita. Okay. Canyon Country. Yeah, that's up north. That's yeah. up, up north, northern yeah. California. Fire's up there. Yeah, we, yes. <laughs> we actually um, lived there for 10 years. That's where we experienced the evictions. <laughs> Yes, we experienced evictions, and um, it's really a crazy story behind that because we both got laid off from our jobs. Wow. And, you know, we had to go into survival mode, and going into survival mode meant um, (laughs) just thinking of innovative ways to try to get money. Right. Never got government assistance or anything like that. Uh, We were going to school, both of us. Um, and just stuff started happening where we would, it, it, where we would come up with ways to get money. Nothing illegal, everything perfectly legal, but we had to really, really think because we did. Like I said, we had three children to think about. You know, so so t- take me through the ways. I used to live out my car. Mm-hmm. When I lived out my car, I had I had a million jobs. I was substitute teaching. I was mm-hmm. working at coffee shops. Um, I, I was I was a security guard because mm-hmm. LA is good for that. LA is right. good for finding jobs, right? Right. Uh, it's it's a it's a whole different hustle out here, right. you know. Um, so you but you were finding different ways. So were you you were getting evicted because the the rent kept going up? Was it the same it, reasons? Or? It was the same reasons. What we just it? didn't have the money. Didn't have the money. <laughs> Right. You know, uh, I, w- I I had a job. I was receiving unemployment and stuff like that. But I would have a job. And then uh, one of the jobs, first job I ever got out here was working for SAG. 
Okay. Uh, I was doing Screen Actors Guild. Right. Um, crazy, another crazy story. That was in um, Burbank. Yeah. And I came out here with the experience of being a facility manager. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, I'm working this job. I'm thinking, okay, it's really decent money. I'm thinking, okay, it's a, but it's a permanent job. It's like a temporary job. So they had me and this other guy kind of competing against each other. Okay, the other guy uh, happened to be a fairer skin, and me, I'm just me. So uh, I know my experience in doing this and running facilities because I did it for Bank of America for a number of years, and um, this guy's experience is collecting coins and something else. That's neither here nor there. So uh, I'm doing my job, and then we, they say, okay, we're going to have where you design a project, and you design this project to help us save money. I have um, Six Sigma experience from back at Bank of America. So Six Sigma, a lot of people, if you don't know, is to help organize and save the company money. They don't really have it that much here, but I use that experience to design and save SAG some money. It had. If you walk into SAG, it was very disorganized and all kinds of other stuff. I designed a way to get get rid of old equipment, donate it, do all kinds of other stuff, clean it up, everything like this. And they liked the project. They liked it. They, you know, said we can use this. It's going to save us more money. The space that we have here, we can rent it out and everything like that. The other guy, his assignment was to um, find labels to put on the desk. That was what he came up with. Wow. So we can locate everything and everybody. Okay. And that's the guy who won. So I'm going home, calling my wife. Yeah, I got this. I think I got this. So I get a call from the temp agency. That day, I'm excited, and the temp agency says, hey, they decided to go with the other guy. Wow. You know? And it's not a project that I can take back. You know, it's something that, because I was a temp employee, whatever I gave them. Wow. They have. Yeah. So the other guy got the job, and I'm back being unemployed. Uh, so um, he got the job based on that, and um, I'm sitting back unemployed. So I'm with the kids every day. I'm taking them back and forth to school. So this is one of the you know things that got me, set me back. Right, right. Um, so it was just hard to keep a steady job. What, what was the... The energy in the household, like, like <laughs> I mean, um, what, what's the what? Are, are you are you guys arguing through this? Are you yeah. understanding through this? Are you sleeping on a couch? <laughs> like how? I, I it's 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 a normal thing, you know. I love my wife and she loves me, but there's gonna be ugly times, you know, when you're looking at the other person like. Why am I not getting this from you? And she's looking at me like, why am I not getting this from you? And all in all is we still have to kind of work together because we have these three kids. You know, um, so it was a lot of arguing. Yeah. A lot of arguing. Um, a lot of times that we we um, could have been separated and everything, but it seems like every time we should have, we thought we were supposed to separate the circumstance would bring us more together because we have to work together because we don't have any family here. Okay. 
this extent of my family is Maranzio Vance. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Maranzio Vance. So um, that's the extent of my family that's out here. It's not like we can just pick up and go. Right, right. You know, um, so it was a different kind of challenge trying to do these things. Uh, it was but a- you could have left. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there are there are men, there are even there are women, that who who would just would have just you know the the the, the spouse would have come home mm-hmm. and gone, you're gone, or we, you took the kids. Or, we've had our setbacks, yeah, but it's never extended to nothing where somebody just completely left. Got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I can go lay on Maranzio's couch for a second. Okay. Until he's like, yeah, you can't lay on my couch. And that would take a stand of 48 hours. Yeah. Like, yo, yeah. you can't be here. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, she she has her friends that she can talk to or whatever like that. But ultimately, it comes back down to me and her and us working together to try to make things happen. Because if you don't have that fallback, like I said, we're out here by ourselves. Right. If you don't have that fallback, it creates that dynamic where you have to work together. You know, what I love about what you said, because I have a, a buddy of mine, him and his wife, or mm-hmm. actually it was his girlfriend, but they were living together, and they would get into it, mm-hmm. and he would go crash on a friend's uh, couch. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that that is um, underutilized or right. under-talked about, meaning like I think a lot, what a lot of people do is they go to bars. Right, you know, after work, we go to a bar, go have some drinks, and and that's that's just the domino effect of bad mm-hmm. decisions. You drink in, you get a DUI, mm-hmm. or you get caught with a chick at the hotel. Right, like that's just, and now you're spending money you don't right. have. Versus, you know what? I need a break from this relationship. Mm-hmm. Let me go decompress. Mm-hmm. Uh, over a friend's house, right? That's much more of a safe. You talk about a safe space, right? Right, and then it come back to you, and and that to me makes more sense, right? Right, just right. create some space versus. And I mean, I don't know if there was drinking or alcohol or, mm-hmm. or drugs involved where you were out at the bars, but yeah. the you know to crash on a friend's house just seems like. Uh, uh, I never know drugs ever for me. I. Not so much as even smoked weed. It wow. took a long time, even before I was convinced that I can take some CBD for anxiety. Yeah, you know, I'm not a drug person. I grew up around that my whole life, so that's not my my thing. I, in fact, in fact, I recently had a brother that passed of an overdose in the last past three years. Uh, what was so, the overdose? Um, cocaine and with fentanyl in it. Wow, and alcohol. Man, mm-hmm. so. For the listeners out there, mm-hmm. we're on Facebook Live right now. Um, what a lot of people don't know, and, and I don't know how much how much you studied into it afterwards, mm-hmm. but a lot of drugs, uh, especially the cocaine mm-hmm. and, and other uh, opioids, especially mm-hmm. the opioids, a lot of it's being cut mm-hmm. with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. It's coming in from Asia, like eighty, like mm-hmm. I think ninety percent of fentanyl is coming in from Asia, yeah. and they're mixing it in. So you have these uh, Kennedys. One of the Kennedy daughters just died. Wow. And she's like 19. She's wow. 19 or 21. Uh, drug, and they, they say drug overdose. Mm-hmm. But I think in a lot of cases, that's such a, uh, a broad statement. A vague, very vague. Because yeah. if they really talked about what it was, it was 
you know, drugs laced with fentanyl, and then we get to the source, that mm-hmm. creates a whole international, global uh, issue. I know people that have done cocaine for years yeah. and didn't die the way my brother did. I know he couldn't afford the amount of cocaine that the other people that I know have done cocaine yeah. for years. Yeah. Uh, but that fentanyl is like basically putting poison to add to that cocaine. Right, right. And they found him under a bridge. His heart just stopped. His body stopped. And um, it, it hit me hard. Yeah. Um, How old was he? He didn't even make it to 40. He was like 38. Wow. 37, 30. He, he didn't even make it to 38. He was 37. Married? Nope. No. Never married. It's just, that was just his lifestyle. Yeah. You know, my brother was a wild dude. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, it, it, it took its toll. Uh, he had done a lot of drugs. So, but that fitting all took him out. I know, like I said, I know a lot of people that have taken hard drugs and with that stuff being, when you get it cheap, they try to make it and cut it with that stuff. Yeah. It's going to take you out faster than anything. We need to get your wife on it, create that file about that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hey, here's real cocaine. Here's cocaine with fentanyl. Who's responsible? She she would definitely be good for that. Yeah. Yeah, she's the non-lawyer lawyer, but yeah, she's definitely... uh, would we, we, we break that down? So, uh-huh. I, so you, you, after you know the seven evictions, losing jobs, how did you get back on track? Find? Did you ever go to therapy at all throughout this? I've done some therapy. Uh, in fact, um, I'm a psych major. Okay. I, I ten not currently credits. now. Well, I, I need ten credits. I'm not going to school at the very okay. moment. Okay. Business is really, really uh, taking. Uh, uh, Take my it. time. Right, right, right. Uh, but I'm 10 credits away from just getting an associate's in psychology. Mm-hmm. I started studying psychology because I like psychology. Right. I like to know how people think. Yeah. I like to know why people do the things that they do, how they move. Yeah. I, it's become something that... So I studied it so much that I'm just like 10 credits away from just getting an associate's in it. Okay. But... um you know that was my my journey, but I have I've done therapy with uh, a few therapists. Uh, I would say that it's something that you need to incorporate in your life, to because it's like taking medicine. Mm. Uh, some people need that medicine. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that I would uh, I won't go back. I just haven't had a time to focus on myself at the moment with that. But yeah. Everybody needs it. Yeah, because you, you mentioned anxiety uh, mm-hmm. earlier and, and taking CBD. Are you still taking CBD for anxiety? I do take CBD here and there for anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And are, are you doing anything else to... No. So what's the anxiety oh, I, around... I, I have a drink here and there. That okay. relaxes me. Okay. You know, but other than that, I don't... There's nothing else. Got you. Know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it is it anxiety like a general anxiety, a social anxiety? What what type of? It's a general anxiety because okay. I can go out socially and you wouldn't know that I'm experiencing anxiety. I can be having anxiety right now. I'm the type of person that just right, right, holds right. it in. Right, 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 I'm right. non-emotional when it comes down to things like that. Right. But I can wake up and just be in an anxiety situation. Uh, since I started taking the CBD, it's been probably the best rest that I got, and I can get three hours sleep and just feel very rested. Whereas I'll sleep all night and wake up full anxiety and tired, 
you know. So how are you taking a CBD? Or is it an edible? Is it are you smoking it? Like what? No, no, the just form? the drops. You taking drops? Mm-hmm. How many drops? Uh, you supposed to take like ten under the tongue with this particular one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you take it right before bed, two hours before bed. How are you? Um. It depends. I can be up cooking and say, okay, let me take some CBD yeah. just to relax. You take it every night or just when you feel and When like? I feel like, okay. yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, I don't take CBD, but I know mm-hmm. people who do. And, mm-hmm. uh, and my roommate, she, she's a, a huge proponent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I have a buddy of mine who I know uh, takes it to, to sleep. But he, he, he um, there does the pen, right. the vape, the CBD pen or something like okay. that. Uh, I've tr- I've tried it. I, I I feel groggy when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but I know it affects people differently. It, it's something that hasn't worked for me. But I always like to hear what works for different people. Yeah. Like I like I said, I never smoked weed or yeah. anything like that. Never taken any drugs. So when I found out about CBD and I seen the effects it had on other people. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sitting here advertising city CBD, but I'm like, yeah. it works for me. Right. You know, so it helps relax me because I do have high anxiety and no one can ever tell. Right. You know, so when I tell somebody, hey, I'm having anxiety, they're just looking at me like, you're Quran. You're the most <laughs> coolest, calmest guy I know. Why are you saying you have anxiety? But it, it happens. Hey, you know, I tell people it's like uh, Spock. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever watched Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, everybody, uh, Spock was one of those characters I didn't find out until uh, episode seasons in. That his people that he came from are very emotional people, right? And uh, and then they were wiped out. So I guess some invaders came in, and and they all freaked out because they're mm-hmm. emotional. And and then they learned from that to not be emotional, to really be objective and think through things. Right. So Spock in one episode, he was like, on the surface, yes, I appear very stoic, but underneath. There's like a sea of emotions going on, but he's learned to to channel that and mm-hmm. harness it, and so uh, and I and I realize like a lot of especially men. That's right. how we're brought up, right? It's like <laughs> stop crying, yeah, you know, stuff it down, you know. Uh, that's something that I learned in psychology. Uh, not so much learned, but it made me think uh, the way we're taught. Is it the way we're supposed to be taught? So mm-hmm. a lot of times we're, uh, we're so oh don't cry you can't cry for nothing right. oh you know what you hugging me for no kisses yeah. this right. it's all this tough guy stuff mm-hmm. and that suppresses something in someone because they need to feel emotion. So when you hear people say you didn't get a hug, it's more than just a hug that you're not getting. Wow. It's that emotional connection with someone, and so it affects people in different ways. Um, I don't want to go into detail, but everybody has something that's missing where they're chasing something, and you'll see them pursue that more than anything. And so when learning that, it made me reach deeper into my children and be like, okay, I don't care what nobody says. I'm going to tell my son I love him every day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kiss him on the forehead. I'm going to hug him. And that kind of stuff needs to be broken in society, but that's a whole other subject. Yo, when Tom Brady, mm-hmm. there was a video of Tom Brady kissing his son, I think it was on the mouth. Mm-hmm. People flipped out. Right. The internet went, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that. I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, people went bananas. He was showing his son love. Right. In in, in that way, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I know that's not typical. 
Right. And uh, and a, a younger Leo Flowers probably would have had the same reaction, <laughs> like, yo, what? Nah, you right. know. But, you know, you go to the Middle East, it's like they kissing each other mm-hmm. on each cheek, you yeah. know. And uh, in some parts of Africa, uh, men hold hands on right. the street. Mm-hmm. And then you come here, and it's like there's so much distance right. between men right. and between men and women and right. between women. Like, Everybody wants right. their space here. Right. You know? My, my son, um, he's high-functioning autistic. I, okay. I didn't uh, mention that. He was diagnosed at that at two years old. He was diagnosed with severe autism at two years old. Um, obviously, we did certain things to try to make sure that he's um, okay in his space. But my son, we just went to the store yesterday. My son got out of the car, held my hand, and we go in the store. He's 12 years old. Yeah. He's at that awkward age where... He doesn't, you know, usually kids are like, oh, I don't want to, I'm, right, I'm just, right, I'm right, very, right, right, right. you know, he's going through that, but at the same time, he knows, okay, this is my dad, I love him, and I know I'm safe with him, he holds my hand. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't see anything wrong with that, and nor would I judge anybody who does that, kisses their son on the m- mouth, because it doesn't mean anything. In fact, it makes you more, I think, secure and secure as a person, as a man, to know that someone loves you like that, not long, like that. So I say that to say people are very judgmental because we have society norms Yeah, that nothing is normal. It's like, okay, if you do that or you say something about it or you say it's okay, then it's not right, you know, so. Because it, 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 what, it, what it really helps men do mm-hmm. is um, be comfortable with touch and not relate touch to uh, sexuality right. or or sex, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I I mean at forty three, that's something that I struggle mm-hmm. with. Is like because I've even heard you know what when I used to counsel married couples and and I listen to couples is like the woman is like he only touches me when he wants something, mm-hmm. and so now the touch you know it, it becomes a, a barter. It's a nego- I'm negotiating right. something. I, I'm not just touching you because I feel connected. It's like right. I, I, I'm letting you know I want something from you, which right. and now you, you now what you, you you basically married then uh, uh you know uh, it's like you're treating her like a, a, a street street woman, a street walker. It, it, and and that's that's the issue at hand. That's you gotta look back at how that man was raised. Right. You gotta look back at, you know, sometimes um as single mothers Mothers might use the term be a man. But that young man does not know how to be a man. You're telling him something he's trying to figure out. And when you use that term on your children. He's eight years old. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, what does that mean? So looking at being a man, he's looking at, shoot, walk a Texas Ranger. (laughs) It doesn't matter what he's looking at. He's going to see that guy as the man, and this is what it takes to be a man. That guy's tough. He never kisses anybody. He never does anything. He just does it. That stuff psychologically messes with people. Sometimes you don't realize what you're doing when you state these things to your children. And it makes it harder when he gets older to ask for help when he needs it. Because I'm sure that was a tough part for you going through this. Still. Yeah, right. We'll never get over it. It's like to reach Uh out to say, hey, can you... you Still, It's still an issue, but at the same time, I try to make sure that the people around me know that they can 
uh, they don't have to worry about it being an issue, you know. So that's 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 where you know, like, especially my kids, you yeah. know, th- like you can come to me for anything; it does not matter. It does not matter, and I have to find, you know. It, it's just it's just a never ending cycle with that. You know, yeah. I have to tell myself because I have a hard time asking for help, and I have to remind myself companies ask for help all the time. Mm-hmm. They send the lobbyists. In the government mm-hmm. to ask for help, to ask for tax breaks, to ask <laughs> yeah. for, you know, they're they're constantly mm-hmm. trying to get bills passed so that they don't have to pay. You know, like they're, mm-hmm. you know, the government's always asking for help. You right. know, all these fundraisers and, and corporations. So why wouldn't I, as an individual, need help or ask for help? Right. We should have lobbyists. That's what a therapy. That's what your parents are supposed right. to be as you're growing up, and then hopefully your friends and your family. Right. And, it's a it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. You know, um, you're raising, times are changing now to where you have to look at yourself as a man and say, okay, I need to change this about myself so I can make sure that these things that you see happening to other men and other stuff, you know, and and, and it's not, I don't want to say that they're victims, but they're being taught, okay, you shouldn't have did this in a harsh way. Right. You know, and, you know, so be it, punish as accordingly, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we have a society that's taught us, okay, this is cool to be macho and talk this way and so talk that way. We had, uh, but when it comes down to actually, inf- they're enforcing it now. That's what I should say. Mm-hmm. They're enforcing it now, and it's like, okay, you're being enforced. That's it. There was no breakthrough. We can't talk to you. Okay, you shouldn't have did this. It's enforced now. You got to do it now. You're right. That's it. You're getting punished for it. You did it. And, and there's no learning. Nope. There's no compassion. No learning curve there's with no that. So how would you turn around? We 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 uh, we got a few minutes left. How would you turn around? How would you turn it around financially? Okay. Um, that's uh, about let's see about seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, my wife, she uh, started her own black owned woman business where she was doing like she was the liaison to get uh products and services done for like construction companies and everything like that. So she had a mentor that came around and told her um about how to get your own black owned woman owned business and start your own business. And she took that and she ran with it. So not only that, we were in this uh, a predicament where we needed our credit together. And um, we found somebody to actually help us with that. Um, and once they helped us with that, because you know, if your credit is bad, a lot of times you look at it and you're like, you know, you 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 might life happens, and when life happens, you get in this predicament, and then your credit is all screwed up, and you're looking at it like, how in the heck am I going to get rid of this stuff off of my credit? And we're taught a lot of times if you can't buy it. Don't if you can't buy it with cash, and this is in our community. If you can't buy it with cash, don't get it. Right. Or you know, don't, don't apply for credit cards. Credit cards are bad, and they're all this other stuff. This is stuff we're taught. But um, what I discovered from getting this uh, credit clean through this lady is that credit cards are your friend if you know how to treat them. Right. And much like anything else, so once I learned the concept of not only using credit cards and that we can dispute things on your credit. Mm-hmm. My wife, she dug deeper into it. I'm still working a regular job and everything, and we, she made it a business to try to help people out 
And uh, once she did that, I was still I was helping her. I was still working. I was still helping her. But once she did that, and I found out certain things, it was our goal to go out and try to teach people these things. You know how you can this can this can we can make this happen. We can make your goals happen for your credit and everything like that. Because there's a lot of people that just don't have hope after they see, oh, I owe thousands of dollars on this Verizon bill and I, that I didn't pay from years ago. But I can't focus on that because I got this $2,000 electric bill for Christmas. You know, so it's certain things like that. And when we learn that concept, if you know better, you do better. And so that's how we we grew into this business. And um, we were able to get our first house out here. Wow earlier this year we've never lived in a house in california so um and now we live in Porter ranch we stayed in um santa Clarita for 10 years we yeah. finally moved out of santa Clarita and moved into Porter ranch we did experience those crazy fires they were yeah. right in our backyard well, you're like man we just got our credit <laughs> we, just we got, got our it, house yeah. and now uh, but um it's been it's been a journey it was it, it's been a phenomenal journey you know, and uh, we're just looking to grow and and uh, teach other people about these things. You know, um, it's very, very, uh, it's imperative that you know about these things and try to teach others. And that's what we've always tried to do. And since we've been in the mode of trying to help and teach others, we've been able to grow. You know, so how can people get in contact with? Uh, you uh, now are you part of the business also? Yeah. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. So how do people get in contact with? You? Uh, we have an Instagram. You can always go to my Instagram. Uh, in my Instagram bio, uh-huh. you can set up an appointment to talk to me. Uh, What's my your Instagram? Instagram is at Q which is Q F E N. Q. At Q O Finn. Finlayson. F E N L A Y S O N. And that's my my Instagram. Uh, you can also contact my wife. Some ladies feel a little bit better talking to the women. But, you know, <laughs> what's your wife? Uh, her Instagram? name is at Amina twenty nine. Is that? Did I spell that right? Yeah, Amina. Uh, no, A M E E. A M E E. N A H. N A H. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, and that's her Instagram. Okay. Um, but you know, we're easy to find, you know, um, we're easy to talk to, um, uh, you know, just have that conversation. If it's something that's going on with you financially, I'm trying to teach people also how to do business credit. My wife is teaching people how to open corporations and do stuff like that. So we're building towards helping people just be entrepreneurs. It's the nothing better that I haven't had a regular job in the past three years, going on four, um, because, and it's been the best thing because I'm able to take my son back and forth to school. Any function, I'm there. You know, so it's just, it's just been a blessing, and especially with his condition, to be able to just jump up and just go, uh, Dad, I've got a school trip. It's nothing. Right. You know, because I work from wherever. We work from home. Um, it's just been a blessing to be able to do something like that with my children. And, uh, you know, we we, 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 we try to try to do right by everybody, you know, so. Cute. Mm-hmm. Man, I really appreciate you sharing our, mm-hmm. your story. And um, I always feel like there's always one person who's listening who mm-hmm. may be on the precipice of committing suicide. And that right. we know you're not a therapist. Right. But before you kill yourself, what would you say to that person? I would say think about 
not only the others around you that are going to miss you, because you will be missed, but also there is a way out of anything. Trust me. There is a way out of anything. You know, uh, it, for us to come out of the situations that we've come out of, mm-hmm. I can't sit there and tell anybody anything more than there is a way to come out of any situation that you're in. And whether it's depression or anything like that, I've dealt with depression. Um, I've dealt with anxiety. I'm still dealing with those things. But I, at the same time, I feel like it's always a way out of it. There is an answer. You just have to talk to people and, and let them know. And some people just don't feel comfortable talking. Just let them know. Just talk. Um, it's going to get you in a good space. You know. Cute. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you all for listening in. Uh, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you talking to someone, for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK. Thank you guys for rating it five stars on iTunes. Thank you for sharing the podcast, for sharing the episodes. We love receiving the comments. Um, you can always find me, uh, you can uh, email me at um, before you kill yourself at, G- at yahoo.com, at yahoo.com, before you kill yourself. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. Okay.